He's touching you all the time. All the time. Teddy? I mean, he's... He doesn't just take away your physical ability. He doesn't only dismantle you technically. He demoralizes you. Demoralizes you. Reach into your chest. Little bites. Little bites. Little bites. All night long until there's nothing left. And that's exactly what you get when you watch a Lomachenko fight. Back by popular demand, I think. I don't. I didn't. I don't really listen to feedback that much. Um, we have Fred joining us again, and this time we've. Well, I've told him he can't really talk about Mayweather McGregor the entire time. He's uh, quite disappointed at that, but he's going to. Um, we're going to talk about another topic that he loves, and we should be able to get thirty minutes out of this. The Amir Khan Anthony Joshua beef. What? <laughs> I have no interest in that. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Although we could get about 30 minutes out of that, I think. Well, um, it is interesting. I mean, on the level it. Thinking about can Amir Khan go a few rounds with AJ? Like, I mean, we know AJ is going to gas out. I mean, I did see a really good comment about uh, AJ saying, like, he couldn't really do much um, to. Uh, Okay, maybe we shouldn't get into this. Yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. I think it's interesting for the fact that Amir Khan's obviously gone completely crazy. Now, we actually had a little debate before the podcast started. I thought that we should have led with the Molinaji-McGregor sparring session stories. And you said, "Uh, maybe not a good idea. People really don't want to hear that for an hour. And you might be right. So we're going to lead off with... uh, uh, a known and proven draw. Okay, not really. We're going to talk about <laughs> Vasily Lomachenko versus Miguel Mariaga, who fought this weekend. And look, I don't think there's much to talk about. We saw one of the best fighters in his division fight a guy who just lost against one of the weaker title holders that were that's now being revealed. Oscar Valdez is not has not lived up to expectations. He beat Mariaga. Mariaga then moves up in weight to fight the champion. And the, the, you know, the considered number one 130-pound fighter in the world and was awful in that fight. Yeah, and I think when people are trying to criticize Lomachenko, I don't know, they might have should have been watching a bit closer because Lomachenko was pretty much trying to fight as dumb as he possibly could. Like if you watch his footwork, sometimes he was pivoting on his heels. But he was, I think sometimes he always he does actually, that. Yeah, I know, but he's... he's I, I, I think the bigger point on Lomachenko, because I know you like to sort of criticize him a lot, I don't think he's happy with what top ranks feeding him. And I think people really forget that in boxing, the promoters and the boxers aren't always on the same page. You know, like that's exactly why Floyd left top rank. Right. Because top rank couldn't market him. And I think Lomachenko is essentially a lot of, especially with this fight, he's trying to show that he just, he doesn't really like his situation that he's in. Yeah. So he basically, I, I, the the one problem I have with that is that you, unless he is that confident, and there's a possibility that he is, but there's no way you got kind of mess around in a fight where you know that anything could happen. And now I think there's a lot of truth to what you said about Lomachenko not being happy. I mean, this guy comes, he, he had almost 400 amateur fights. You don't like pick and choose your amateur fights. You know, you don't pick the the, the most lucrative fight because for the most part, you don't get paid. 
Although that's yeah. a, that's a, a conversation we could get into, and you know, you do get paid in the amateurs if you're an official that can influence decisions. But <laughs> that's the story for another day. Mm-hmm. I I think the interesting uh, one interesting topic here is um, that people were saying that there was some sort of shock that they had that there are people that were calling this a mismatch. Like, how absurd is that? That a fan, and I don't know how devoted you have to be to Lomachenko to think that this was not a mismatch, or maybe you were related to Miguel Mariaga, but on on what planet was this not a mismatch? Oh, it was a complete mismatch. Like, yeah, what were they selling him as as a a two-time contender? Yeah. When you're talking about a guy who's supposed to be one of the best in the sport, that's that's not really. Oh, this guy, this guy lost twice in championship fights, you know. And, and really, if you think about Miguel Mariaga, okay, if you take a look at his career, who was his best win? He did it. I, I beat. Tell you, cause I don't know the guy. I didn't even look him up. So. Guy Rob, you may be asking, <laughs> who is Guy Rob? Okay, Guy Robb is a domestic American fighter. He's based out of Sacramento. He's lost two times. The two losses was to Miguel Mariaga and Joel Diaz Jr., who recently was stopped very quickly by Regis Progre, a legitimate 140-pound uh, prospect on the rise. So Guy Robb is Mariaga's best win. They sold him so well on HBO as being a puncher who had beaten Walters in the amateurs. And it's like people forgot that, oh yeah, but Walters clowned on him. So yeah. won every single round. And Walters lost every single moment of the fight against Lomachenko. Now, we could get into Walters really didn't doesn't care about boxing anymore, but another subject for another day. So yeah. then Moriaga goes and loses to Valdez. And Valdez, as we've established, is not as good as maybe he was hoped to be. I mean, at one point... Oscar Valdez is probably the number one prospect in boxing. And um, then he goes and fights Lomachenko, who's a, a division higher, and he gets schooled. I, I don't understand anybody who thinks that this was not a mismatch. Now, another subject, the ratings. It averaged 728,000 viewers throughout the broadcast, and that's, you know, both cards. But the Which- main... The main oh, event sorry, was, which which channel was that on though? Was that on the e- ESPN three or ESPN two? No, no, ESPN? that's on ESPN, the main channel. <laughs> How many channels did they use? Did they go to ESPNU on that fight? Did they, um, did they well, hit them all? It was simulcast online for sure, and also it started out on ESPN two, which often happens on ESPN. This is what happens on on networks that broadcast live sports. Uh, sometimes the beginning it ends up being on another channel because things run over. And so um, this one started on ESPN2, but the main event was on ESPN. Yeah, you can blame LaDainian Thomas, and he bored everyone with his big speech there at the Hall of Fame. So uh, it, he, drove, he, drove, he, drove, he drove all the viewers away. No, I, I think this is uh, like when boxer, boxing writers are always saying, oh, boxing has to get back to network TV, has to get back to network TV, and you're just seeing – Network TV isn't some great panacea for boxing. You know, it never has been. Like it's boxing's been on network TV since the '40s, and it always gets canceled because boxing isn't like it's it's not a league sport. It's a very individually based sport. You know, that's why that's why Floyd's huge, 
and you drop down to Canelo being the next tier, and then pretty much nobody that can sell like pay per view. Yeah, there's no third tier in the sport. I mean, there like the gap between Canelo's pay per view sales and then say Andre Ward or Golovkin's is massive. Yeah, yeah, it's, you're you're talking like tens of millions of dollars between the difference in earnings between them. And then um, another problem why boxing fails on networks TV is there, it, there's, it's very unpredictable. You could have a fight that goes two rounds, and you can have a fight that goes the full 12. I mean, you have cards where every single fight, you know, you do a triple header, every single fight goes 12 rounds. And the er, the, the advertising dollars that you get from that three-hour broadcast versus, you know, an hour-long broadcast is massive. And networks don't want to take a risk on that. They want a sure thing. They have investors and, and stockholders to make happy and saying, well, we don't know how much we're going to get from this investment. You know, well, we're going to sign a contract, $500 million for boxing over the next eight years or whatever it is. They just don't want to do that because there's no guarantee on that um, risk or, or, or there's no guaranteed return on that risk. That's what I mean to say. But Lomachenko has proven that he is not a draw. That's, this is... This is yeah. lower than his last two fights on HBO. <laughs> and ESPN's a much bigger network than HBO. Their ratings might be falling, and ESPN might be in a bit of trouble right now, but they sure as hell have a lot more... Uh, they're in a lot more homes than, ES, uh, than HBO, sorry. Yeah, but I don't, I don't even know if they are putting any push behind it. You uh, know, like I, th- I don't know what the deal is. Is this like a time buy? Are they actually paying top rank for this? Okay. Or okay. does anyone even know? Hold on, I'm... I'm going to, so I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm going to yeah, counter you with something, okay? Sure. You said, I, I don't know, you know, whatever. Okay, look, if you have HBO, you have ESPN. That's the nature oh. of having a cable package. Yeah, but I'm, I'm in Canada, so I, I don't know your tears. So. No one cares about Canada. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. Jeez, <laughs> so violent. So you have... ESPN if you have HBO. Why didn't all those people who have HBO tune in for this? Fewer people who have HBO and tuned in to see um, the Walters fight tuned in this one, tuned in to this one to see him fight Moriaga. Well, it was almost the same. <laughs> it, was, it was like 700,000 people on HBO, 700,000 people on ESPN. Uh, yeah, it's... It's tough to say, but even that Manny Pacquiao fight, like they were trying to say it's such a big number. It really isn't for as popular as Pacquiao is. No, they only it, get, what, 4 million people on ESPN when their subscription base is, what, 87, ooh. 89 million? I, I, I got to take you to task on that one because the, the rating wasn't as high as they advertised. Oh, well, on which the Pacquiao fight? Yeah, I mean, it only did if you average out the card. Yeah. On without the online streaming because that's that's a wild card. And although I do think we need to start including the 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 online streaming into the numbers, and that's coming according to Nielsen, which you have a big problem with. But we can get to that later. Um, yeah. It only did 1.4 million viewers on average. Oh well, well then that's not really taking me to task. That's just proving my point even more. I'm saying that Pacquiao fight wasn't as popular as they tried to bill it as. Like if you're saying you got 89 million people and then you got what less than two thousand or less than two million tuning in, it's it that's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's like Pacquiao. Everyone knows Pacquiao. Right. He's been fighting for whatever on HBO what 
10 years easily 12 and, 14 i can't remember and there's been numerous pvc cards <laughs> hbo cards showtime cards that have beaten that number i mean andre birdover's victor ortiz did a higher number on hbo the first one yeah, yeah and well, the second one at- <laughs> Everyone makes fun of him, but look at the numbers that uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. used to pull in. Oh, the, you can make fun of him all you want, but when you're pulling in the the numbers that he pulled in on HBO, you can do whatever you want. I mean, he was the entire card was averaging like a 1.9. Not just yeah, his yeah. fight and peak viewers, which we get a lot of times. We get the peak the peak viewers, which is the impressive number, but the average for the entire card, if you can pull over a million, that's not bad. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I th- but you think like back to Lomachenko, I th- I th- it shows the difficulty of uh, modern sports because everybody, it's all advertising. Everything's advertising. Music's about advertising. You know, YouTube's about advertising. And advertisers, it's a tough sell because you can't, you can't schedule it, like you said. You don't know if a fight's going to go one round or if it's going to go 12. So when you want advertisers, want they want time by, it's like they want their ads showing at certain times during the things. Like an NFL is perfect. Like NFL even has like television breaks where right. they, to sell ads. Everything's designed around selling ads. So I think the biggest thing about the, the boxing is that it's very tough to get the advertisers. They just don't see, uh, they, they don't think people are watching, which might be right, might be wrong. You know, it's 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 a weird thing. Basically, uh, what am I looking for? There's a lot of bullshit in advertising, right? You know, everyone's everyone's trying to say something's popular, but you might not know if it's really popular till years later, and you've blown all your money on your advertising budget, and no one really bought your products. Yeah, and nobody cares about the product really. They just care about can it bring in ratings. I mean, if 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 Rigando, who I think unanimously we can agree. Puts on pretty boring matches. If he was drawing a two every single time he was fighting, everyone would be on board. Yeah, yeah. And well, and, and that, that's funny too because his HBO fights were ended up being almost the same as Lomachenko's. And I don't know, Lomachenko got lower, a little lower. <laughs> yeah, but wow. Yeah, but he got such a negative push though. You know, basically HBO was telling people that he sucked. Yeah, every chance they got. I mean, his his headlining card against Joseph Agbeko did like five eighteen. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough to to figure like why people weren't tuning in, but mostly like you see this with boxing is it's like it's said again. It, it's very personality driven, and it it takes and no one really knows how to make someone popular anymore. Like people will try to say why Floyd's popular, but they can't repeat it because otherwise if you if you could say well this is why this guy's popular you should be able to repeat that formula but you really can't and i thought well i think floyd he actually knew his he knew how to sell better than a lot of people do right it wasn't well i mean you could point to like well it was a part of floyd's personality or something he did or didn't do but i think a lot of it also has to do with the decisions he made which were definitely the result was impacted by aspects of his personality or whatever but it was the right decisions at the right times and you know he has a good team to, to thank for that let's uh move oh i just want to say something but the it. other thing too he he did a lot of selling like after the fights like after he did a fight he'd go tour clubs he'd go to radio stations you know mostly the hip-hop rap stations you know a lot of fighters don't disappear 
Well, no, I don't. I'm not saying this is how, this is this is where his popularity came from. He actually went out like he didn't rely on the boxing media. He does, doesn't care, and you can see how they they've hated him. You know, even though he's the most popular fighter, he's their mainstream star that they've always they sit around and cry about. And the boxing writers mostly hate him because he's popular. But that's because he found an audience. And you they see a lot of these boxers they disappear like after after their fight they're gone. No one no one hears from them. No one talks to them. They might talk to a boxing reporter, but no one reads boxing. Like they're not out in the public. If if boxers want to get popular, they have to actually go out and be be in the public eye. They have to go try to find someone, anyone that they could talk to. Yeah. I say this all the time, but a lot of times people think that doing more stuff on boxing venues and outlets is beneficial towards the future. What are you shuffling a deck of cards? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. That's just something. Uh, um, so a lot of people say like, oh, you know, do boxing related things and that will help your career. But really, all the boxing fans who read Boxing Scene or any other boxing outlet, they're also they're always going to watch the fights. They're very rarely not going to tune into a fight. But Floyd is smart and goes to Stephen A. He goes to ESPN or any other uh, major outlet that doesn't just do boxing and he reaches an audience that he otherwise and very a lot of other boxers otherwise don't and yeah you, you have to you have to put a lot of work into a lot of venues that might not pay off immediately but you know a lot, a lot of boxers they just want to fight and then in between that they want to relax and try to have a family life and then ramp up for the fights but it, it doesn't work especially like when hbo was spending like 120 million dollars promoting everything and paying fighters, they were dumping a lot of money into promotion, and it, you could get away with that a bit more now. But now it's it's like you really gotta care, otherwise you're gonna be fighting for five hundred thousand bucks, you know, on ESPN. Do Do you know who um, also does that? And it's not any secret that their ratings are what they are. Adrian Broner does a lot of that stuff as well. Well, yeah, th- th- there you go again. Like Adrian Broner was a lot on YouTube. And whatever platforms, a lot of social media, a lot of radio stations. Are, yeah, yeah, exactly. He does the same thing, and then people are like, "Well, why is he popular?" It's like, "Well, because he's going out talking to people. He's doing the work." Yeah, and they actually tune in when he talks. You know, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's. I, I think we covered that pretty much. That's it. Like boxers, if, if they want people to tune in, they're gonna have to start trying to be popular. And I, I will give Lomachenko; he was at least make he's making an effort. Like he's he had those uh, the pre-fight little shows he was doing on Facebook and everything. You know, like the guy's trying to learn English. He's trying to speak in English during those things. He's 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 trying to sell himself, but it's a bit tougher now. Okay, let's pivot. Um, it that speaking English is going to go a long way as well. I think for him, I think it's extremely important that he speaks English if the hope is. For him to become a pound for pound star and all of that stuff, because right yeah, now yeah. he has yeah. the talent, but I don't think that he will ever crack out of where he is right now if he does no. not start speaking English. Yeah, like it's, but I said the effort he's putting in the effort from what I see at least he's trying to. Okay, but yeah, well, yeah you definitely you gotta you gotta start speaking English or Miguel Spanish. Mariaga put in the effort too. That got him nothing. <laughs> okay, um, I don't think we need to talk about the Beltron Vasquez fight. Um, I, I think we do. I, I think we do. Oh, geez. Well, go ahead and talk to yourself. Um, because I don't think he even watched that fight because it was so weird. They spent more time, I think, selling Beltran than they did on Lomachenko. I, that was just weird. That was my point. 
Like they want, it seemed like they're trying to line Beltran up for some kind of fight, but I don't know who. Like, what what was he fighting at? One forty in that fight? Uh, one thirty five, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that was it. Because I was thinking, well, maybe are they trying to get him to fight Crawford or something? But then, yeah, they're not. Crawford's in the same not at one thirty-five. Uh, maybe yeah, they, maybe they're trying to build him up so that when Lomachenko inevitably moves to one thirty, he's there for him. <laughs> maybe because it was just really strange because they were talking about his uh his his late his latter year power. It was like he, the guy got busted for peds. Uh, not <laughs> even the good kind. <laughs> yeah, it was like the same stuff wrestlers were taking in the eighties. Well, that is the good kind. That's if you want to get tough, that's that's the that's the steroid you want. I mean, but it's, it's not you're get caught with it though. Yeah, but the, yeah, it it was just weird how much they were trying to sell Beltran in the fight, and that's all I. He looked old and he fought old, and I don't know. Oh yeah, because yeah, I guess it was his immigration status they were trying to sell. Maybe right. Is that maybe they thought they were trying to bring in a Hispanic uh, community way. Illustrate the struggle or something. I, I think that's part of the part of the, the what they're doing too. I mean, Floyd's done this for a long time and utilizing Mexican um, stars or just Mexican draws at, on the undercard that brings in um, people that wouldn't otherwise maybe tune in. You know, one of the most loyal fan bases in the sport. And um, I think yes. they're definitely trying to build Beltron in two ways, and that's one. Two, to kind of build him as this dangerous fighter so that Lomachenko has a boogeyman when he goes up to 135. You know, this is just like assuming everyone forgets that Jorge Linares and Mikey Garcia and all these guys exist. Yeah. Um, but, but it's also because I think the CSPN, is, it's, it's going to be, well, it's the same as top rank on HBO. It, they're mostly going to fight other top rank fighters. Oh, of course. That's a Bob Arum special right there. Let's yeah. just look at Beltran's last several opponents. Vas- Brian Vasquez. <laughs> Jonathan Maicielo, Mason Menard, Miguel Mendoza, Ivan Nahara, coming off two the straight Nevada losses. Nevada State drug testing policy. Takahiro Ao. Okay, and then he fought Terrence Crawford. All right, well, let's move on. Um, why do you think HBO continues to foster, or how do you think that this comes about, that HBO continues to have these fighters that just deci- divisively split the boxing community? And it's like with when it comes to Lomachenko, you can't really have a conversation with him without people getting defensive or without people like just completely turning on him um, and always talking about the other biggest stars around his um, division and now Lomachenko would beat them. Like, how, how is this happening? How does HBO consistently do this? And I say HBO because Lomachenko was built on HBO. That was his first fight on t- um, ESPN. The, the ESPN um, uh, experiment it has not fully been realized so we're just going to give them uh, just exempt them from this conversation but like hbo is basically who did it what do you think about that uh, <laughs> I, I don't know i love boxing it's it's gotten really like uh, arguments in boxing have always existed but it's gotten really divisive you know like this uh, people can't praise lomachenko without thinking oh we got to criticize him for this we got to criticize him for that like especially you get the Rigondeau fans that want to pretend that Rigondeau would actually fight him, but it's it's I don't know it's always a fighter against fighter in some really weird angry way, and I, I don't know maybe uh, HBO tried to do that as they cut their budget and guys would didn't want to fight they started getting angrier that fighters wouldn't fight on the Jeep or something, I I, I, I don't know it's 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 a really weird situation especially you got with HBO sort of 
they look like they're leaving boxing. And they could talk about the merger all they want, but how is every other show getting funded? What is the merger you're talking boxing? about? Uh, AT&T's buying Time Warner. And it's, it's, it's under review process because it's such a huge deal. So the government's actually pretending that they might do something about it, but they probably won't. But it's but it, it, it taken a long time to get approval. And everyone's saying, oh, that's why HBO Boxing, they're not spending money because of this merger. But they could dump $150 million on that vinyl show or give $30 million to Bill Simmons. You 40. Know? So, it was 40. Yeah. Oh, is it $40 million? 40. 40 <laughs> there you go. Years. Yeah, and they're saying, oh, boxing, oh, no, it's because of the merger. It's, it, it, well, they, you know what they should say is that we're building our new headquarters in Culver City, California. Real estate is expensive there. It's going to be very nice. So we have to cut back some money, and boxing yeah. is where it's going to come out of because yeah. we can't have Vasily Lomachenko doing 700,000 viewers. Um, oh, was that not funny? Uh, no, no, I, 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 just, I, just, I actually, I, I'm not too sure what to say. On the whole subject, it's yeah, boxing. You you need you need people. It comes back to that advertising thing. You need a lot of money to start creating more and more fighters. But now it seems like everyone has this perception that there's only a handful of fighters. And if you look at the welterweight division, there are what fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred fighters in the world. Like certainly, there has to be more than ten guys that can fight each other and put up a decent fight. But they just don't get there. Yeah. Well, top rank often kind of runs like the UFC in that we see them trying to fight like Aram tries to put his guys against his guys, keeping it all in house. And you get more money that way. I mean, if you were running a a business, you'd do the same thing. Yeah. Um, Moving on, though, because now that we've brought up Bob Aram, this is a perfect time to ask you how delusional Bob Aram is that he says that Mikey Garcia is not a draw. And that he can make more money at the gate doing Lomachenko versus Salido too. Well, Bob can make more money because both those guys will be fighting for him. Mikey won't be. You know, he doesn't have Mikey under contract anymore. So that's uh, th- so that so that's actually two separate arguments that he's making, and he just kind of slyly makes them one so that you can associate them with the other. Meaning that if you take on the assumption that Lomachenko versus Salido too does make more money for him. At the gate, which it seems like that is very much going to be true, then Mikey Garcia must not be the draw, but they're actually not connected because Mikey Garcia and Lomachenko at the gate on the whole before it split up would make far more than Lomachenko Salido too. Yeah, but that's why Bob Aaron's been in business for 50 years, but making his uh, bullshit <laughs> sound legitimate, you know, he's always does those little games. He's a promoter. That's That's his job. His job is to try to sort of create the situation, to, to fabricate reality, to serve himself better. I, I, I think, well, that it's Showtime show with Broner, there's a question, was it Mikey or was it Broner that was bringing in a lot of the viewers? And we know Broner's popular. It's, uh, I'm not sure, too sure how popular Mikey is, although he does have, he's going to have, of course, the Mexican fans. Well, Broner on his own did 779,000 viewers when he fought Adrian Granados on Showtime. He right. he had 852 when he fought Emmanuel Taylor. Um and uh I think the I looked at the numbers, okay? And the numbers for Broner Garcia weren't as good as you think. 
the entire oh. broadcast only averaged 584,000 viewers. Oh, man. Now, the, the main event did have a much higher number than that. And that's what everyone was reporting. But on the whole, the card, I like to look at the card on the whole. I mean, can you draw people in to get eyes on the undercard and build new stars in the sport? That's what's important, I think. Well, you mean people didn't want to see Crippled Highland? Dude, once you saw him hopping around, you could not turn that fight off. And uh, that that was Mikey's first um, fight in a headlining position since he fought Juan Carlos Burgos, and that was 777,000 viewers back in 2014. So I, I think the same people, like there's a big overlap in the fans between Garcia and Broner. Uh, yeah, that could be true. And I, well, I think yeah, I think Aram's pretty much. He's just he's just trying to he's bid just Mikey down. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of that, but he's also trying to bid Mikey down and say, "Hey, I got Salido too. I can make a rematch." So th- that could be a lot of negotiations. He knows Mikey's going to sell with the you know Mexican market. Okay, but he's he's not going to tell him that. You're not going to tell the guy, "Oh yeah, I can make a lot of money off you." When you're not signed, like he's not signed in, he also sued you to break his contract with you. So it's just that's just Aram. He's just angling. Yeah. So, and I think that's that's fair. That's just an angle of him or um, Aram trying to negotiate the next fight, maybe even to get Salito's number even lower to like, well, what were you making daily driving? <laughs> well, Salito's an earner, man. <laughs> Don't knock his driving. He works. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. why he'll, he won't end up broke. Uh, and what was he building apartments or something? I can't even remember. remember yeah, what it was. he manages. He owns an apartment block, or he manages one or something. Yeah, he works all the time. He's actually smart. It's funny. It sounds funny that a championship fighter, you know, would be have all these side jobs. But you know, that's that's how you avoid well, being broke. The best. That's, it's, that's it's, the, the best and the smartest. I mean, Salito's got his driving and his apartments or whatever, and Floyd's got. And it also, collection. yeah, it, it gives him something for when he actually gets out of boxing, because you know most of these guys, like especially at these high level boxers, and like this will tie into like Lomachenko. Why Lomachenko take this fight? Because this is these this is their job. You know, like when when you fight it, when you're at the level of Lomachenko, you're not going to have a day job. So the only way you make money is through boxing, and sometimes you got to take whatever the promoter offers you. You know, just just to pay the bills. So, but Salido, and also like see, that's why these guys they end up being thirty five years old. They devote their entire life to boxing. Well, try to start a career now. You know, like a lot of the, I think I think people have a bad idea. They think everyone's rich. They get out of the sport rich. You know, and then if they lose all their money, well, they're they're stupid. But <laughs> it, it's a lot of this, they they got to live in the meantime. You know, <laughs> the money comes in, but it's also going out. You know, you got to pay taxes, you got to pay your trainers, you got to pay your camps, you got to pay, you know, just living. So, Salido, I th- if you're Manny Pacquiao, all 200 of them. <laughs> yeah. MGM didn't want to pay anymore, so he's not fighting there. But yeah, so Salido, I don't know. It, it's funny, but the, the guy is, he's 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 ready to for putting boxes over. But yeah, that's 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 another sidetrack. But yeah, Aaron pretty much is. It, it it looks like he's just trying to play Garcia and Salido against each other. Saying, "Hey guys, d- don't ask for too much money because I got a, I got a, I got a, a second option here." Well, what if the joke's on him and they do um, Garcia Salido too? <laughs> well, he's out. Then he'll make a Lomachenko versus whatever three-time <laughs> title contender that lost. They can fight. Uh, Brian Vasquez. He's a one-time <laughs> title contender, I think. I think there you go. But uh, God, I can't even remember. But I know he's fought for a title. I think he fought Uchiyama, actually, or Mura or somebody like that. Um, 
Anyway, moving on. It, well, actually, barely moving on. Bryant Jennings, according to Bob Arum, is he's fighting next month or next next month, like in two weeks, on the Crawford and Dongo undercard against a guy that's fifteen four and one. And naturally, the next step is to put him in a title fight for the heavy, for a heavyweight title next spring on ESPN. So I I see this as basically Bob Arum is saying we are expecting Joseph Parker to beat Huey Fury. And if you don't know, um, Aram, very smart, basically got a U.S.-based promoting contract with uh, Joseph Parker after the Ruiz fight. So they're going to try to bring him to America to fight. And naturally, the first opponent would be Bryant Jennings, you know, a guy who's lost his last two fights um, and who's going to fight a guy who's 15-4-1 and then his next fight is Joseph Parker. Is that a smart move? Oh, it makes perfect sense <laughs> on some level. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's one of those things. Maybe Aram knows that uh, British border control is going to shut down Huey Fury or those drug tests or whatever that they Oof. keep putting off and never revealing. Uh, no, but I, I think that's it. Uh, what Parker's WBO, right? Yes. And yeah, Aram's got Aram's. some kind of. Yeah, Aram's got that's his new favorite ever since whenever Manny had that title. So yeah, that's ever since he has and then FBI Brian, Brian Jennings. Him. What's that? Sorry. Ever since the FBI investigated him for fixing fights. <laughs> yeah. Ever since he got, ever since he lost his license for paying off the IVF there. Uh, yeah, I think an ESPN knows Jennings because uh, Klitschko fought Jennings. I think on ESPN. Wasn't that the fight they showed? No, that was on HBO. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who did Klitschko fight on ESPN? Uh, Leopi. Oh Jesus! I can't even remember. These guys are so bad. That yeah, I don't know. Yeah, time. but. That's pretty much it. Maybe he's trying to sell him as a name. But, yeah, I, I think he got it right. He's, he's pretty much just trying to line up Joseph Parker because he's got the promotional deal. And, uh, and, and, and heavyweights do do a bit better on for viewership. So who knows? Like I said, I, uh, boxing's gotten so weird, like with HBO pretty much vanishing from the map that no one knows what's going on. Everyone's scrambling. Let's yeah. move on to Clarissa Shields who fought Nikki Adler and won two world titles this past weekend. And we don't do much women's boxing discussion on the podcast. But yeah. I got to tell you, Jim, Shields is next level. Like, there is a huge difference between Clarissa Shields and every other woman boxer I have seen. She's well, just next that's, level. That's the problem. It's, it's going to be Clarissa Shields just beating up on people. <laughs> I don't think there's any competition in that division for her. I mean, is I there any... Is there any competition in the entire sport for her? Nah, no. Do you think I, that she can do for women's boxing what Ronda Rousey did for the UFC? You know, no. without getting knocked out because she was trying to fight standing <laughs> she up only had she couldn't. Twenty minutes of fight time in her career, <laughs> someone beat her up. Uh, no, no, because I think even Rousey people have really misread that situation. Like she wasn't really that popular until the last year before home knocked her out and the UFC poured a lot of money into her. Like the, the, you're, you're talking millions upon millions of dollars in promoting her and sending her around again, just like, you know, they sent Rousey around to all these different shows that normally wouldn't be talking to boxers or, or any MMA fighters. I mean, and it's in Rousey's it's, 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 I don't know. I, I don't think any promoter has that kind of money to stick it to a woman boxer. And that's why you see women boxers go to MMA where, MMA is, is a far worse uh, contractual than pay scale, but in for women in MMA, they have a better chance of making money there. 
do you think Shields will move to the MMA because there's a better opportunity to make money? Only if she thinks she can form some kind of ground game, you know. Well, Holly Holm did, didn't she? Uh, yeah, but I think Holly had a bit. She was into kickboxing, and she had a bit more of a background in that. And then you get her on the ground and you choke her out. So, <laughs> well, I mean, if you can get her on the ground, I mean, if she can develop at least a defense of takedowns, I think she. Do you think Shields could be successful in MMA? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she's she's a she's a great athlete, and she's still relatively young. Maybe she can make some noise but yeah it's it's i don't know it's hard to say but uh, i'm saying in boxing i I don't know she's who's gonna compete against her you know that's been the tough thing with uh women's boxing it's not very deep at all and uh does ufc even have a division that's close to her weight what is she fighting at i forget 168 Oh, no, no way in hell. They just had to fight to get the cyborg uh, division at 145 pounds for women. Isn't that what Rousey was fighting at? No, no, Rousey was 135. I thought it was 147. No, 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 no. That's what... (laughs) I was going to say something mean, but I won't. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Well, I mean, she would have had to fight at 147 if she would have got the Floyd fight. I'll say when she, when, she, when she got knocked out, that's what she like she probably could have made. But no, yeah, no, the, the, the they just added a 145 division for women's MMA, and oh. so 168. There's there's they don't, they don't even want to add those divisions for men, so they're not going to put them in for women. Wait, there's no one. Well, never mind. We're getting off into another topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Juan Manuel Marquez announced that he's retiring. Mon Marquez has had a long and illustrious career. Um, and as a thought experiment, I thought I'd ask you, over the duration of Marquez's career, who had, which boxers had a better career? Now, we know the first two, the obvious two. Floyd yeah. Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. But who else, who could you say in this time frame that Marquez was active? And, you know, I think that's like 2004, 2000, no, it's earlier than that. Like early 2000s to now, who's had a better career than him? Yeah, when did he start? Because he was old by the time everyone started to realize who he was. You know, um, when, when he started to get popular, he was already into his 30s. I mean, but when did he get popular? His first Manny Pacquiao fight? That was 2004. No, I think maybe the Floyd fight is when people really started to pay attention to him. Because he was always he was always like the 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 fourth man out. Because it's Barrera. Yeah, and Barrera Morales didn't want anything to really do with him when he was younger. I don't know, but your your main question, I, I think no, Marquez. You know, like I don't think anyone competes with him. It's a very long career. It's very good. What Other about than Cotto? Nah, Cotto was never as good as Marquez. Not was he good as good as Marquez, but was he ever um, or his career success? Could it be compared? No. Because Marquez didn't fight for a bunch of empty titles, you know. <laughs> Marquez actually took on guys who were holding the titles and not the vacant championships like Cotto would love to do. So you're going to put Cotto down- was more popular, but on some level, because Cotto could headline his own fights and did. I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't think Cotto's uh, had a good career as Marquez, no. I think Marquez had a pretty great stellar career, except for those weird losses like. To Chris John? Yeah, yeah, to Chris John. And Freddie Norwood? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And Manny Pacquiao? <laughs> well, you know, losing to Pacquiao. It's, 
That's that's no big shame. Okay, um, it win the one that counted. So the the last one, or well, yeah. what about some Bradley? <laughs> he almost won that Bradley fight. He was coming back. I, I I mean, if he wins one more round or so, that's a completely different fight. Yeah, yeah. He just he started to seem to wake up too late. But yeah, but he was like what forty. During it, was, that it was close. It was close to that. Yeah, he was forty. He was only yeah, ten years like, older than Bradley. Yeah, he's old as hell. That was the, that was the thing. Like I said, well, Marquez. By the time everyone started paying attention to him, they act like he was some twenty-eight year old kid, and he was like thirty-four, thirty-five already. Yeah, when he fought Floyd, he was thirty-six. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. he's old. That's what. That's why this retirement is like. Well, <laughs> he's pretty much been retired for the last two years. Yeah. He was retired after he fought Alvarado. It was very clear that he was not coming back. When he oh, didn't yeah. sign a fight within a few months, I was like, oh, okay, Marquez is done. Um, it, dude is like 39 years old or uh, 40. Well, wow. I mean, now he's like 44 years old. There was no chance that he was coming back. Yeah, he's going to fight Cotto at 44? Come on. Yeah, who's been active and fighting like 20 pounds higher than what yeah. is considered Marquez's natural weight class now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, I, I think Marquez, it, he really, it, it really has a great career. He's just, and when he was younger, he, I think he got unfairly overshadowed by Morales and Barrera because that was HBO's, you know, big promotion, that, that trilogy. And I think Marquez is probably the better fighter. And then later on, you know, he's competing with Floyd and Manny, you know, as far as popularity. But otherwise, I, I think he had a great career. He, you can't argue with that, even with the goofy losses that he had, you know. And all the knockdowns. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's you know it's, he took a lot of knockdowns. Not everyone's Floyd, you know. Some guys get dropped a lot. Well, he did. Golovkin but, doesn't get dropped. Yeah, well, that's because he's fighting Matthew Macklin. <laughs> okay, Tim. <laughs> Tim Bradley also retired, and he says he retired because Manny Pacquiao got beat up, and he saw it. What are the real reasons you think that Tim Bradley retired? Well, I think that could be it. I, that. Uh, Tim seems like a s- relatively smart guy. I, I think one because he made a lot of money because of that deal. Because he had top rank, sort of, they cornered him. Yeah, you know, when, the one guy who they played wanted, top rank. Yeah, yeah, because you because you remember back then, everyone thought Tim should leave and he should take a Mayweather fight, which yeah. kind of made sense for one fight. But then afterwards, well, what does he got? Keith Thurman. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's just going to get beat up because Tim wasn't a welterweight. You know, he was just he was. He had what one maybe two fights with against real welterweights, and that Chavez took him to that draw because he just muscled them around the ring, yeah, and blowed him in head. But most of Tim Bradley's fights were against just other light welterweights that stepped Moved up. up. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. true. So, I, I, yeah, no, it, it could be because the Pacquiao got beat up. I think it's also because he made a lot of money, and he's he just if he retires now, he's only his only losses are to Pacquiao. I mean, that's actually a really good point you brought up. Has Tim Bradley ever fought a natural welterweight? Uh, like I said, I think that Chavez and him, there was one more that someone who might even come down from light uh, middleweight, but I, I can't remember. But yeah, he's only had, everyone else is just all. No, small, the answer's no. Yeah, the answer's no, yeah. Pacquiao? But like I said, you, you, know, you know these guys' careers a bit better than me. I got to look them up and remember. Pacquiao, Rios, Vargas... Marquez and Provodnikov. Provodnikov was coming from 140 and went back down to 140 after that. Pacquiao was always a very small welterweight. Marquez was not a welterweight. Jesse Vargas um, was most for the most part a 140 pound fighter. 
And then Brandon Rios is a 130-pound fighter um, trapped in a 200-pounder's body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or no, that's actually... I I meant to say that the other way around. Um, So He fights like a 130-pounder and he he weighs... (laughs) light heavyweight yeah well the, the, what are under bradley's options he's with top rank so what is he going to fight crawford he's going to get destroyed you know yeah, Crawford's that, actually yes Crawford's that's like that's that's actually very accurate and that was a path like why not go fight crawford because he doesn't want to get beat up because <laughs> you know he already like look what pravodnikov did to him like, and like sure pravodnikov is a great fighter but tim bradley never should have took that much punishment from a guy like Pravodnikov, you know, is he going to go against Terrence Crawford, who, what, weighs 154 pounds when he steps in or higher? Bradley weighs the same. Yeah, he weighs the same, but he doesn't fight the same, you know? Well, like, that's because Crawford's better. Yeah, yeah, he's he's better, and he's going to just beat the living shit out of him. <laughs> he's like, he's got the money, he's got, a, he's got, a, he made a disagreement, like, he, he excelled probably more than anyone really thought he would have. You know. uh, um, with most of the subjects on that we've been talking about, you would think that this podcast was being recorded in like 2011. Uh, let's move on to Manny you Pacquiao. Said you, said, you said we're going back in time. so oh, Manny Pacquiao is now the subject. He's executing oh. his rematch clause for uh, yes. Jeff Horn fight. Um, but I, what, what happened to uh, Pacquiao's expiring top rank deal that was supposed to be done last year at the end of 2016? What happened? Was the there thing- an announcement of, of uh, an extension that I did not know about? I'd never believe anyone. That was came from Pacquiao's camp. Some one of the, one of his eight thousandth hanger on said the top rank deal was expiring. You know, God, he's never going to leave top rank. Because here's the thing, too: people always criticize Manny. Where is he going to go? He's, well, he's he doesn't, he doesn't without have getting beat up, you mean? Well, no, no, I mean like without top rank. Like you look at Floyd. Okay, Floyd had the structure when he got with James Prince. James Prince pretty much got rich, and Floyd didn't. Like James Prince came out in the top end of that deal, so Floyd had to build a team. He had to he had to go f- get hooked up with Al Heyman. He had the you know he's got Kelly Swanson for PR. Like he like when he's people goof on him, but when he says he had to build a team, he's serious. And if Manny Pacquiao, if he didn't have top rank, he just have all those hanger ons running his career. Those yes men they, like Michael Kahn's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's like so his career would have been a disaster without top rank. You know, he's like Manny doesn't have the patience. He doesn't have the focus. He just wants to, I don't know, go bang Filipino pop stars and fight. That's he doesn't want to run his career really. So they top rank that. So he's never going to leave top rank. And people said, oh, the deals expire, and they have that. That's just that stupid online drama that everyone wants to get involved with. You know, of course. So he's back for the rematch clause. Well, maybe Aram they had a rematch clause for his contract. Yeah, who knows? It's, but that's it. Yeah, of course. He's, 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 we're rematching, and it's top rank. And there's no gonna, way Jeff Horn's going to turn it down. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because <laughs> he's going to show everyone. He's going to knock Pacquiao at this time. He's going to get stung. You you really think that there's a way that Manny Pacquiao loses this rematch? <sighs> no. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Who knows this thing with Manny? It, it's, uh, who knows where his brain's at? You know? <laughs> Scrambled a little bit. Here's... <laughs> This is the one thing about this fight. Everyone's arguing about the the fight cards. How is Manny letting himself get pushed around by Jeff Horn? He's 150 pounds soaking wet on fight night. Yeah, but Floyd gave up 15 to 20 pounds against guys, and he's pushing them at the corners. You know, like this idea that Manny, if you're saying Manny, and of course Manny's one of the best fighters, you know, even maybe of all time. It's It doesn't matter how... <laughs> Well, you know, 
<laughs> you, you didn't like that that qualify? Go on, go on. I'm not even gonna say anything. Or say you can't sit there and complain that it's Jeff Horn of all people. Who are like, sure, I, I give all the respect in the world to Jeff Horn because he is a fighter and everything. But but you can't sit there and complain that oh he was fighting dirty. It's like you're Manny Pacquiao. No one should be pushing you around in the ring, and that's all Horn was doing. Horn was just mugging him, and that's it. Like a professional boxer shouldn't have that much experience. No one should be mugging you. You know, unless unless it's over. Like you know, like unless you're getting Joe Smith Jr. knocking out Bernard Hopkins or pushed out of the ring, as pushed you out of the ring, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> right, and 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 that's but that's the red flag here, and that's like you know they always say if you don't retire, the ring will retire you, and yeah. Manny Pacquiao's on that path right now to get retired oh, yeah. by the ring. Yeah, I think Manny's in a dangerous position to have the ring retire him. Because he, he he should win a rematch, but then he also should have won the first fight. And not just, you know, oh, he got robbed. He looked bad in that fight. You know? Right. He Except did for the round. He did ninth, look bad. Well, well, but that's my point. In the ninth round, he turned it on, and he couldn't close. You know, ages ago, Manny, when he turned it on, you were done. You know, he's taken everyone out. And now he's just, <laughs> Jeff Horn weathered it. And he won his rightful decision. Oh God! Um, let's move on. Uh, we just want to get some go over a bunch of topics pretty quickly. So just like a couple sentence answers to these questions. Um, David Benavides versus Ronald Gavriel is now being uh, posed as an option for the I think the WBC super middleweight title. Why what not? You, what do you know about this fight? What do you think about uh, this fight? I, I think all I know is isn't is Gravel or <laughs> Gavriel? Is he with uh, Mayweather? He is. Yeah, because I was saying, you know, people were goofing on when Floyd was starting this thing up, but he's he's able to get his fighters in championship fights at least. Yeah, well, that's all you need a promoter to do. As for the how competitive or whatever, this fight is supposed to be airing on Bounce TV Friday, September eighth, here in LA. Um, I have to hit this up because yeah, I, you better go. I've seen Benavides fight before. He's 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 the real deal. Yeah, people think, hey, I I really haven't seen a lot of Benavides, but everyone says he's the real deal. So he'll probably beat up Gavril. Gavril's already Gavril's, lost once to Elvin Ayala. Yeah, yeah. He's a good fighter. He's a tough fighter, but uh, I don't think he's anything special. Uh, Zhu Ming will not walk away from the sport. God, <laughs> hasn't, he, hasn't the sport walked away from Zhu Ming? Oh Jesus! Well. Well, I, I I think for now, the China experiment has failed. What do you think? Of course. That was one of the weirdest. That might have been one of HBO's lowest moments trying to sell as a Shiming. Like, I don't know why they, they bust on other fighters for these their like shaky promotions when they were pushing Shiming so hard. I, 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 I never understood the guy at all. Because if you watch some of his amateur fights, he just grabbed guys and pushed them into the corner. And he won the gold medal doing that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, th- I think there might have been some uh, uh, some vacation trips being passed around during that officiating for Shaming's amateur wins. I um I feel I feel very bad, and I'm sure if you're in this position, probably not though. But if you're in this posi- position, you do feel bad as well, staying up or waking up early to see Shaming's fights live from China. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. No, he's he's I, I don't pay attention. He's too light. He's, 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 what, 118? What does he weigh? 122. 
112. 114? 112. 112. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I definitely. That's why I never watched him. 112, come on. Who, who's the best trainer in the sport right now? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> Did I break my personal, you? My personal, no, because my personal opinion, I don't think there's been a great trainer. And not, there's a lot of fine trainers there. But I think probably Eddie Futch is the last guy I could say, hey, there's a great trainer. Because Eddie, Eddie Dude, Futch. Such Eddie an old Futch, man. You said you wanted to bring up old people. Uh, but see, Eddie Futch is the last guy I know that actually he would say, okay, I'm coming up with a game plan. And he could take a he could take an average fighter and beat top guys. You know, like he actually had game plans. So now when they go trainer, it's it's no one really knows how much the trainer is involved and how much the fighter's involved. You know, that that's the thing about the, like you said, people like you, you take Freddie Roach, who wins the eighty Futch Award a lot, mostly because he likes he you can if you want to interview Freddie Roach, he's always there. But and we'll always say, oh, Freddie fighters have no plan B, but the plan A is pretty good. Half the cases punch a lot, throw a combination. Yeah, yeah but you got to know how to do a proper offense. A lot of guys can't do that. But uh, can I? Can I will counter that by saying that Freddie doesn't exactly have you know the Ronald Gavriels of the world. He has um, guys who come to him who are already established. I mean, when yeah, was the last time you saw Freddie build up a fighter from nothing? But there's a reason for that, you know. Like like Pacquiao came to Freddie. It's it's not that Freddie went looking for Pacquiao. So like he already he built up a reputation, and, and see there's the thing, and it all becomes that's why we say who's the best trainer. Well, everyone starts to get argue and chippy in over these personality conflicts and oh this and that. And I, I don't know Robert Garcia maybe he's got Mikey. Let's go with him. <laughs> he looks wonderful. I, and I, he also, you know, he had Madonna, and hey, Madonna did better than Canelo, so let's let's give it to Garcia. You know what? I think, and I've never been the biggest fan of Garcia, but I think you just convinced me, or at least helped me convince myself, because I thought about it, and I was going to counter by saying, well, Mikey's his brother and the dad, but you know what? His work with Madonna was spectacular, because if you don't remember, Madonna looked like a clown when he fought Devin Alexander. Like, Alexander beat up Madonna worse than Mayweather did. Yeah, and Alexander has—he's not known for his power. So, and and what he was able to do with him, like you know, just terrific work from Garcia. And I think, yeah, you might be right. Garcia's, and he's got like all these Ukrainian um, and Russian fighters that fight for him too. That we're gonna start seeing coming up. They're they're prospects, and we've seen lots of young. Like he has a lot of young prospects. Like um, Eric DeLeon, I think, is with him. Uh, he's 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 on the rise. Anyway, who's your favorite referee and why? <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, that that uh, one guy that makes all the goofy faces who does all the reactions. All right, uh, I can't uh, remember his name now. He was he was he just did a Spence fight not too long ago, or or that 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 one uh, short guy looks like he's sort of got a hunchback. <laughs> he sort of he hobbles back and forth. <laughs> he's my favorite. I, I don't even know which guy you're talking about. <laughs> I'll have to look him up. I, I don't remember referee names. I, that's, that's who cares. Most of these referees, people get they get so worked up about oh they call the fight this way. It's only because the guys they were cheering for lost, you know, and then they get a big bug up their ass about the referee fights. Uh, or wait, no, actually, I got an answer now that I talked it. Jack Reese. Jack Reese. I. 
That's his name, right? Yeah, Califarga? it is his name. I don't really like Jack Reese. I think he, well, there you go. He makes it too you, you much had, about him. You, yeah, but you didn't say who's <laughs> the favorite referee I could name that you like. You no, I'm just disagreeing with you. You you can have your <laughs> yeah. opinion. I I just disagree. I with like you. him. I, I, well, you know why I like him? Uh, that uh, Andre Ward. Uh, what's his name? Uh, when he first came back, it was a Al Heyman guy. Uh, he was still a super middleweight. Remember, they were all rough and chippy, and they were like, you almost, they both got a, two points taken away from yeah, him. Yeah, that was Jack Reese against Edwin Rodriguez at Yeah, Ontario. yeah. But, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, I, th- I thought that was a good referee decision because he's like, they were getting really stupid in there, and he took two points away from him. He said, hey, next one, you're getting disqualified. You know, so I, well, I, I yeah, like actually, him for that. Actually, what he really said is, uh, next time, no one's getting paid. <laughs> yeah, well, there, well, there's that because you know if it's also because if uh, that's like a rule for the commissions. Yeah. If yeah. if you're if you're not there to fight, if you're there to, to purposely foul, or if you're there just to throw a fight, they'll just they, you don't get paid. So I, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't really care that much about referees. I thought, but that, I thought that was a good decision. I thought that's the way he could took a, he took control over that fight. It's you know. Tony Weeks. Yeah, but everyone hates Tony Weeks because of the Ward's Lisko fight. Well, Tony Weeks gets a lot of criticism because he's in the biggest fights with the most polarizing fighters on the on the, on the world in the world. Like, that's the reason why. Well, yeah, but that's my point because most people they only see these guys in big fights, and then when their guy loses, they get all angry. Yeah, yeah. so I that's... I think you know Weeks has consistently always done a really good job. But uh, it, but it's back to but it's back to the Pacquiao argument. Saying if you're if you're sitting there counting on the referee, it's just like in football or anything else. The referee isn't the reason you lost. No, yeah. you know Bob Aramis. How does Conor McGregor have the advantage on paper? In your opinion, oh, he's, he's got that big left hand. It only like, takes as one in shot. Size? Is only it one a... shot. <laughs> okay, one. It's only one shot. Yeah, only he's one taller. shot that might land. He's taller. He's younger. Is that the stupidest like? Uh, I don't even know what you call it, like point of selling by Floyd to come up with why McGregor has the, the advantage on paper. Well, no, he's saying he has the advantage on paper because if you look at the stats, he does. You know, like if, if you're looking at physical stats, McGregor's taller, he's going to be a lot heavier, and he's used to fighting. He's used to cutting big weight and fighting heavy. Like Canelo? Uh, How did that work? Well, yeah, but well, the, you want to talk about Canelo? Well, we will in a bit. <laughs> no, but but it's Floyd's selling a fight, but also Floyd's being truthful in some reason. Like Floyd's the only guy who, as he got older, people thought he should be fighting better. You know, like Floyd's forty years old. If you were to think, I guess maybe people are a lot younger. I can remember, like when I was really young, like when uh, George Foreman came back. And he wasn't even 40, I think. And people were saying, well, how is this old man going to fight? And now you got, you know, I think Bernard really pushed the limits on that. And you've, you've had, of course, guys in the past, like uh, Archie Moore and everything. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, but guys guys you could fight at stage. But at 40 years old and people are like, ah, Floyd, you know, he's just too good. He's been out two years. like, And the legs do go, like in a boxer. Uh, this is, I don't know. Yeah, Floyd, half of it's Floyd's hype. But the other half is he is old. He's 40 years old. He's going to be 41, you know, in January. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to ask how good is Orlando Salido, but we've already spent too much time talking I, about him today. I gave him five stars and I went to L.A. <laughs> Who is in a better place right now, Amir Khan or Kel Brook? <laughs> Neither. I thought me. You'd think Kel Brook would like walk away with that one right now. But then they, that story about him getting drunk on like a budget airline is <laughs> 
I mean, but is that really bad? I mean, Kel's just enjoying himself. Yeah, well, the last time he enjoyed himself, he almost got his leg cut off. Well, no, we haven't um, we haven't confirmed that that wasn't Amir Khan who did it. <laughs> no, I'm saying last time Kel just went out for a couple of drinks, some guy hacked his leg. Yeah, well, I mean, he Would've... was he was in like some like known mob island something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. Amir Khan, he's spiraling. Well, this is the problem. These, this is why Brooke and Khan, they should have made that fight. Instead of seeing Brooke get beat up by Errol Spence again, he should have dropped the belt. They could have made a lot of money between those two. And now it's just like, I don't know. They're, they're, they both, they're living in the British tabloid world. I think Brooke might, he has a better chance of coming back. Oh, really? You from know? two broken orbital bones? Yeah, but he could, he could still sell it that he got beat up by tougher guys. Like, what does Amir Khan got? Like, he's, he's he got fighting. knocked out by Canelo. Yeah, yeah, I know, but but that's what I'm saying. Like Amir Khan, like he's got no recovery. Like he's got knocked out by Canelo. Yeah, but he got knocked out by Danny Garcia, and he got knocked out by who's <laughs> I can't remember that guy's name. Brendis, whatever. Brendis you know, Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's like <laughs> Amir Khan. He's he's fighting with Anthony Joshua. Like, <laughs> yeah, that that's one he can't win. Like like he's he's in a he's in some bizarre world. Like who knows what's going through his head. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is a, a subject I really don't want to talk about. Um, so we'll move on to uh, if you could ask Terrence Crawford one question, and you can this week with our with our AMA we'll be doing with him. But if you could ask Terrence question one question, what would it be? Not, I don't know. I don't have a lot of questions for boxers. Yeah, I mean Terrence Crawford, you don't have one question for him. I, I know. I, I don't really. I don't know. What am I going to ask him? A recommendation for an auto body shop, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I was about to say, okay, if he's got a good source to get burner phones or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. What are you going to ask him? It's the same like when they were on ESPN and people were like, when they had Indongo and Crawford together, like they're they're not big personalities. No, and you're sticking to guys that are obviously. Are in they're 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 fighting each other, so they're not going to have any kind of there's uh, there was tension between them. That's what I'm basically saying. There's but tension not, they're, between they're, everybody and Crawford. Yeah, well, that's it. You met him, right? Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> met him talking to Crawford. I was like, Jesus, I need to get away from this guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got an air of menace about him because he, he's he's in the sport to beat guys up. He's not in the sport to make friends. Right. Well, he's and, actually and, not in the sport just to win or be good. He's literally in the sport to hurt people. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I don't really have questions for these guys. I, I, I sort of know about them. You know, I guess I can. I, I can't make one up on short questions. I don't know. How badly is he going to beat Ndongo? <laughs> How badly Which is it, he going to beat Ndongo? I, I think it could be a good fight, but I don't know. Then Ndongo, like, beat up Ricky Burns. And, like, I'm, I'm not that impressed with well, he knocked out Edward Troyanovsky. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, what? Who was big up in that guy before that fight? Uh, Pablo uh, Cesar Rene Cuenca. Yeah, yeah. The, the forums couldn't stop talking about Edward Troyanovsky before that fight. And then he also beat. Uh, damn, I can't even. Can't even figure and out who. He's not good to whoever's gonna listen and get upset that I don't love Ndongo. I'm just saying, you know, I, I think Crawford will probably beat him up. I I wholeheartedly agree. Let's move on. Um, let's get the let's now we can talk about Paulie Molinaji and his whole sparring story with McGregor. So for those who don't know, could you break it down for us? Like what the hell happened? Uh, well, this is my take, of course, and since everyone has a take, 
you ask me. I think this whole thing was uh, Connor goofing on Polly. And it, there's one thing about McGregor is that he he has a bit of that Floyd mentality that he can understand fighters and he can really understand egos. Mm. Like in MMA, it's MMA fighters, they all care about their camps. They're even more big into the respect and being humble than like boxing people want their boxers to be. It's hard to so imagine. McGregor, <laughs> McGregor really goofs on them for that and he throws them off because he doesn't pay them any respect. And I, th- I think... Okay, this is my opinion. Because uh, you know, Polly, Polly's career is pretty much—it's over. He's retired, and Polly's a great commentator. But I think he's people have let his commentary forget that he wasn't that good of a boxer. Like he's very fast, he's technical, but how can you be that fast and have no power? Because most boxers, like you look at Manny, Manny transitioned his speed into power. And that's what most well, boxers do. And put in Polly, like watch yourself there. Yeah, well, Polly has fast hands, but yeah, because yeah, he's an arm puncher. Yeah, yeah, he's he could never he could never throw from. I don't know what it was about Polly that he couldn't generate power. But anyway, I think the point is McGregor knew his career is going, and Polly's going into that. He wants to be the elder statesman of boxing. Like he wants to pontificate on the sport and teach the young guys this and that and that. And so when he was talking shit about McGregor, obviously McGregor saw that. And as they played it up in the all-access, he knew that. So McGregor just suckered him. He had him. He's like, oh, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to bring you to my camp. You know, you can teach me the ways of boxing, you know. And and so he, they did that. They did the one sparring session. And then McGregor goofed on him through the social media for the second one. I, I, I think the whole thing was that he was setting Polly up just to make fun of him. Why would and he do all. that? Uh, because Polly talked shit about him. <laughs> it, it's just I don't think it's anything more than that it, like I said it's, it's probably not the thing you want to be focusing on when you're going to fight uh, Mayweather is to like spend your time worrying about Paul Malinaji but yeah I, I think that's all it was it said you know he just he's, he likes goofing on guys and then Ben Pauly now I, I think what Pauly's I think all Pauly's doing now he's, he's turning into such a big thing because he's angling for a fight with McGregor you know which I think people can understand, because think because that's what he says. Uh, once McGregor fights Mayweather, do you think he really wants to go back to the UFC where they're going to take eighty five percent of the money? Now, so Pauly thinks, oh, McGregor, I'll want a boxing fight again. So why don't I try to blow this into something huge and it'll be a grudge match and he could beat me up and I'll get more money as a B side than you know he made in his career. And Pauly made decent money in his career, but right. I mean, he was a okay draw. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He seems to have done all right for himself. But so, uh, but uh, that's it. Like a B side in a McGregor fight, a boxing match, you're going to get four or five million dollars at least. Right, and that's a pay per view fight. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And Zufa boxing can promote it. Yeah, Zufa. Oh God, the only reason I want this. Uh, McGregor to be over because I want to see if just uh, McGregor sues everyone <laughs> just they, to get out of his contract. Well, I, it, maybe they transferred over to the Zufa Boxing, but he he's got his own little promotional company. If you haven't seen, um, yeah, but he never stopped guys from launching so lawsuits. Do you think that McGregor would prefer a fight with Pauly over a fight with Canelo? Uh no, I'm I'm just saying that's what Pauly's trying to get. 
you know, probably, probably never. What was his his biggest fight was probably getting beat up by Cotto, right? And that wasn't even Cotto wasn't, you know. He he hurt Cotto at one point with an uppercut. Is uh, <laughs> I mean I mean really? <laughs> and what did, and what did Cotto do back to him? He he beat him up. He broke his herbal bone too. Yeah, that's the yeah, third I, one I this episode. Yeah, I think I think like you said, I think that's the whole thing is that this is big drama. Like people have all these conspiracy theories, but I I don't think it was anything more than that. He talked shit about McGregor. McGregor wanted to get him back and goof on him because McGregor knows. Oh, like in boxing forms, like, oh yeah. And I don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility that McGregor pushed Paulie around. Like he's he's huge. He's got like probably twenty, twenty-five like physical pounds on Polly. And if Polly comes in as a sparring opponent, that's your job. Your job is to sit there and like to let a guy sort of beat up on you. Yeah. You you're supposed to give them work, you know, show yeah, them some you, things and let them get yeah. their get their or practice in, I guess. You're not there to be Lara and you know stay ten feet away at all times, but so I, I think he worked him over. Now Polly's just at first I think Polly was of course because his pride was hurt and he's probably pissed off and he's an easy guy to piss off. You, know, you follow him on Twitter for anything, you'll get pissed off about everything. You know, that's a guy who spent half his career talking about how corrupt boxing judges were and he won almost all his fights by decision. So I don't know. <laughs> That's, that's why I love Paul. He's like, boxing judges are corrupt. And he only knocked seven guys out in 36 victories. So if they're corrupt, they're corrupt for you, I guess. But but yeah, I think I think it started off as Paulie. He was salvaging his ego. And now he's thinking, hey, maybe if I talk enough and McGregor doesn't look like a complete idiot in the fight, uh, maybe I could get a fight out of this pay-per-view. <laughs> why not? He's, you know, It'll be the biggest fight of Paulie's career. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, it's basically, hey, if you can get six million dollars at the end of your career, you know, just to get beat up, or if you think and like, likely win, yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Like, well, I don't know. I think I think it could probably be another Broner Polly fight where Polly hits the guy seventy times, and the other guy looks at him, going, "Well, what's going on here? You know, you're not really doing anything." Well, so. I mean, Polly could just outbox him, but I don't know. This is way yeah, off course not- here. Uh, what what about tickets right now? There's a lot of articles coming out. You saw Yahoo releases article talking about there's all there, the, the I guess the public they they misinterpreted the public demand for this fight because there's still lots of tickets that are unsold, specifically yeah, in the upper deck uh, for the Mayweather McGregor fight, and there's a lot on sale through the secondhand sites. Well, yeah, but see now they got two arguments going because the first argument by that Tim Dahlberg from the Associated Press was that there was no secondary ticket action, and now they're saying well there's too many on the secondary market. You know, but but who cares? A promoter only cares about the first point of sale. You know, if someone wants to like, basically, these articles are now talking about scalpers. That scalpers might not be able to uh, screw people out of more money than they could on face tickets. You know, if, if you're uh, this, this is a concept that people uh, they've been trying to institute this, like promoters, because the secondary markets are getting so huge. If there's an active secondary market where they're charging four or five times the face value of a ticket. That means the promoter undervalued the the tickets. You know they they screwed up. But when you got things like concerts, people musicians don't want to be seen as completely greedy and charging people what they should be charging. And I think with this fight, uh, Mayweather versus McGregor, they've charged the right prices. Like the tickets that are left are all upper balcony tickets. That if they sell or if they don't, no one cares because all the all the expensive tickets are gone. Like all the ten, fifteen thousand dollar tickets have been bought. 
And it's not the promoter promoter doesn't care if people can resell those. They don't give two shits. Yeah, because they've already got the money for that. They don't get paid extra if those tickets sell for more, or they don't have to give any money away if they sell for less than their face value. Yeah, yeah. You see, if there's uh, the number ticks, well, like I said, there was a seat map on the very first day, and then they killed it because this is the kind of talk they didn't want. They didn't want like writers sitting there combing over per seat and what's left and everything. So they, they killed the, the individual seat map on Ticketmaster. But on the first day sales, they still had it. And an hour into the sales, there was like 3,000 tickets left. And their lower, they're, like I said, I showed you that picture. They're all upper deck. And right. there's some, some in the corners. Like one hour into it, there was for the, like the seats, uh, the north-south, essentially, like the best uh, level seats that aren't on the floor, there was a couple rows left in there. But that was one hour in, and most of those are gone. Like if you, if you look at Ticketmaster now, there's only one row of uh, fourteen or fifteen thousand dollar tickets, and it's like the fifteenth row on the lower level. Right. So everything everything below that is like <laughs> they sold these fifteen. So it, I, I don't know. It's it's right, people are gonna want to criticize this fight because now they're saying, well, if it doesn't beat Mayweather Pacquiao, then it sucked and they failed. I don't get that thinking. Well, because go on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Because yeah, because before, if I don't think people remember this, but during Mayweather Pacquiao, they said they screwed up the whole ticket thing because no tickets were public. The tickets, like the public tickets, didn't come out to what two weeks before the fight. It was late. Yeah, yeah, one week, two weeks before the fight, and they said, "Oh, they screwed up this. They could have done. They could have made so much money because the only fight at that point that they had to go off of was uh, Mayweather uh, Canelo." which had the, the gate record, which is $20 million. So they had no idea. And then the live gate for this thing that they said they screwed up with and people were trying to dump their tickets and dump their hotel rooms, it was $72 million. So they had no con. No one said, oh, this fight's going to do $72 million. They had no idea how much this fight would go. But now this fight, well, now they got that $72 million number that they can bounce it off. And they'll say, well, it didn't make $72 million. This fight shouldn't make any money at all. Like right. you got a he got a boxer, a retired boxer fighting an MMA guy. <laughs> they've just they've like I said that when I wrote that one piece. This is this is the attack writers were gonna use. Is that now they didn't make enough money. At first they said it was stupid, but some of the smarter guys, oh let's just you know. Now if it doesn't make all the money in the world, it's a failure. It, it's they work on a percentage basis. Who cares? They're gonna still get paid. It's it's not like like Floyd's a promoter. If Floyd gives himself a guarantee of $200 million and he doesn't get it, is he going to sue himself for, for not paying him? <laughs> you know, it's whatever money they can make. They don't care. I mean, this it's fight like, is like if Kobe came out of retirement to play Odell Beckham one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. And then, and, and, and they sold 30,000 seats and people said, well, they should have sold 40. Right. Just because Jordan versus Kobe and their primes sold yeah, that much. Jordan LeBron would have done much better. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think for the most part, a lot of writers, you know, they're just trying to take an angle for the sake of taking an angle. Yeah. And, you know, fine, good for them. They have something to write about, but it doesn't necessarily reflect what's actually going to happen and the, the reality of this fight. I mean, there's saying, some saying that Mayweather allocated tickets to go to a broker and that those the broker's tickets haven't sold. I don't think that's true. They make that up all this time. Uh, Dana White came out early and he said that they they weren't letting him do that this time because that's how Mayweather Pacquiao worked. Eh? Like they pretty much everything was sectioned off to brokers. But for this fight, 
everyone said, no, they opened it up to public sales. Right. And, and, so that, now you, and, and now you see what happens when you don't, you don't ag, uh, segregate things to brokers. You end up with uh, an event that's not sold out. Well, let's, let's yeah. finish on our last topic. Um, maybe we won't spend that much time on it. Is Canelo and Golovkin, so we talked about Mayweather McGregor. <laughs> is Canelo and Golovkin the best fight in boxing right now? Now, no. naturally, you would think that that's, yeah, it is. But you think it's not. Now, why do you think it's not? Because we saw Canelo get beat up by Floyd. This and, is the point. And everyone says, oh, you're crazy or this or that. Canelo got beat up by a 36-year-old uh, welterweight that weighed 152 pounds. And he didn't get beat up. You guys got to go watch that fight again. He was backing Canelo up at the corners. And, and Floyd, <laughs> this, the supposedly brittle hand Floyd that's never knocked anyone out, he's pushing, ah, the weight train. I get over this. Canelo was cutting to 154, and suddenly he cuts to 152, and he, oh, he lost his magical Mexican powers or something. Uh, and they say, oh, well, that was years ago. I'm better. Who did he fight right after? He fought Laura, and he almost lost that fight again. And well, then after th- and after that, it's been guys who Canelo could beat. You know, I, I think Canelo has gone better. And I, I love Canelo. I, I actually pay for his fights. But uh, <laughs> you got Golovkin fans. They just want him to actually make money in a fight. Because, like I said, Golovkin fans usually don't pay for his fights. So they all stream it. <laughs> So they want the Mexicans to actually support Golovkin's you know, future So Golovkin retirement. can actually be called a draw? Yeah, yeah. So he could be called a draw and he could be in a big fight off the back of Canelo. You know, I think it'll be a good fight because there is a mystery. Has Canelo gotten better? But Now Canelo, like I said, he got beat up by a welterweight and now he's going to a middleweight who knocks everyone out except for... Dad right. Jacobs. Well, let, let me I, jump in here with the opposite yeah. argument. So one, yeah, go you're, ahead. You're, are you really going to compare... Golovkin to Floyd Mayweather, the best fighter of his generation versus a good middleweight. Uh, no, but but I'm saying the size. If a 150 pound guy could push you around, I don't care how great he is. What's going to happen to a guy that's you know he comes in 168? Okay. Now the next part is um, why why do you think that Golovkin is going to be good enough to back up Canelo? I mean. As soon as we saw Golovkin take somebody who could take his or fight somebody who could take his power, we saw him get gassed. We saw him get hit. We saw him nearly lose a fight. Well, that's why I think this could be a good fight because there is the era of mystery. Like I think the styles suit up because if you don't make Canelo move, if you let Canelo set up and he can just sit in that little one two step area, he's really good. You know, you, you his defense is vastly improved. But if you get Canelo, Canelo moving, if he has to move around the ring, he, he, you know, he, he loses a lot, unless he's fighting Kirkland or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, come on. But no, but I think, yeah, it's, it's Golovkin's old, you know, although not as old as Floyd when Floyd kicked Canelo's ass. But, are you, are you, know. you sure about that? I think it's close. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think Golovkin's still 35. But, but it's close. It, it's close. It's close. But, 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 but yeah, it'll be a good fight. I think can I? Well, I'll say Canelo could win because it'll be funnier. Yeah. Why, why if, would it be Canelo funnier could, if Canelo wins? Because if Golovkin's supposed to be this monster, and if if, if if a guy who got beat up by a welterweight beats up the middleweight monster, that's just going to be funny. What do you? But what do you think about people who say that Canelo's actually has been a middleweight for a long time? Yeah, but that's weight. 
The guy could be fat. Robert Roberto Duran was a lot of was he a light heavyweight at the end of his career? Right. You know, just because he like drinking beer and eating, that's, that doesn't mean he was an actual light heavyweight or whatever he whatever he ended up at. You know, Canelo. He's what is he five eight? He says he's five nine. He's, yeah, he's a small he's guy. Close. Yeah, he's he's fairly small. Yeah. Like I like I'm saying this will be a good fight, but I, I, it's not this super fight really. Then what's a better fight? Mayweather uh, McGregor? <laughs> no, like I said, that's a goof fight. But that's going to be a fun fight. Because what if McGregor beats <laughs> Floyd? That'll be hilarious. You know? Nah, uh, boxing fans don't find fight, that funny. Errol Spence versus anyone that doesn't want to fight him? <laughs> so er- Errol Spence in a welterweight fight. I, I think I think a better fight would probably be like uh, Charlo versus Canelo. I think that'd be a good fight. Why do you think that's going to be a good fight when Charlo's just as big as Golovkin and he's going to push? Yeah, but, but, but Charlo's, he's, I don't know. I don't think he's really been tested that well. Like, uh, he's bigger, I guess. But but this is the thing. Well, Golovkin said something in boxing scene about, oh, Canelo, he can't beat up the smaller guys anymore, so now he's got a real challenge. It's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> you're, you're fighting a guy who's like 5'8". 5'9 in those heels. Like if he's wearing his you know, cowboy boots or something, he's 5'9. So it, it makes no sense. You know, I, I don't know. Like I said, this is just a weird. People, I think, are. They wanted this. I've, I've never understood this fight since it started. Cotto went up and goofed on Martinez, and he became the middle Martinez of was not himself. Ah, he always sucked. Oh, God. <laughs> Cotto beat, beat his ass. Okay, so now Cotto's a middleweight. Cotto was never a middleweight. And so then Canelo beats him, and people are like, well, because the lineal championship, who cares about the lineal championship? Nerds. You know? Yeah, and the belts. And they go, well, he was middleweight champion. Yeah, okay, one day they hate the belts, the other day they're using it as an excuse for a fight. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, do you think that, like, Golovkin is overrated or something? Like, what what is the takeaway? I think Golovkin's, he's, he's cleaned out... Uh, a fighter can only fight the guys he gets, you know, right. It's, it's not like there's a lot of guys that he wasn't fighting, you know, but, but I think you saw that we both saw that Danny Jacobs fight. Mm-hmm. Is Danny Jacobs a legendary well, middleweight? Yeah. For overcoming cancer. Well, for that. <laughs> yeah. He's a decent fighter, but he, it's, I don't know. Golovkin, you know, where'd the magic go? You know, he got that knockdown, but after that, you know, it's a 50, 50 fight. Yeah. And I, and that's absolutely true. I think after, well, geez, even before, I think Jacobs might have won the first round or the second round or something on some on some cards. I mean, he definitely had won rounds prior to getting knocked down. But you're yeah. absolutely right. You know, the the magic was gone in that fight. But I'm saying, in, in if you look at any you know boxing iron, which are always about resumes, 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 and then when Golovkin comes along, it's like, oh well, no, he's he's blowing these guys apart. Gabriel Rosado, is is this the I don't know. It's come on. I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's good fighting, but I think people are overhyping it in reaction to that. Uh, could the uh, Oscar put this fight off for one, and now McGregor's before it? So now people are they're rallying around the real boxing match. But this it, is I don't know. It's, it's a middleweight fighting a guy who came up from the lower ranks. Right. I mean, it's one of the it's arguments just... I've made for so long that <laughs> Canelo's not a real middleweight. No, no, he's pushing it. It's just because he doesn't want to stay in shape. He's a tubby little bastard. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, seriously, if you but, ever see Canelo in person, you realize, oh, he's kind of stubby. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a short dude. But but this is this is what all legendary metalweights did. Monzone, Hagler, they all sat there and they 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 weight class waited. They waited for welterweights to come up and then they could fight him. You know, everyone always talks about Hagler Hearns is the greatest fight of all time, and I'm not disparaging the fight at all. But I will say, is <laughs> I will say that um, that Hearns was a welterweight. Well, yeah, but the Tommy Hearns got that back door because he was like, I don't know, seven feet tall or six foot one or whatever. He yeah, was. but dude was skinny as hell. Yeah, there was that. Yeah. That's but, like but saying that, Jeffrey Matabula at 135 should should get a pass because he wasn't previously a 118 pound fighter and he's six feet tall. But see, this is where boxing runs into how people have always sold the nostalgia. You know, like they. Like I said, you could do another another podcast and all that about you know how much they overcharge people back in these supposed glory days when it was for the fans. You know, there are always money grabs. Hagler fought Duran. People were booing that fight because Hagler couldn't knock out Duran. And now it's sold as oh, this is one of the greatest fights in boxing. It's I don't know. Yeah, no, that wasn't a good fight. Hagler <laughs> Hagler fought worse than Golovkin did against Jacobs. Yeah, Hagler couldn't knock out Duran. Duran's a midget. <laughs> the guy was a lightweight. <laughs> he was giving him all he could handle. Like, I don't know. All right, well, that'll be it for this week. We'll be back next week with some more controversial stuff, um, as we were this week on uh, our topic about Clarissa Shields in the UFC. Uh, yeah. I say Billy Joe Saunders kills them all, too. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's the most controversial thing said so far, um, because Billy Joe Saunders is not a good fighter. He's all right. He's good he's at holding real. that belt hostage. That's what he's good at. Yeah. Well, that, that's all you need to do at some points in boxing. So uh, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. I haven't seen a new rating in a long time. That's too bad. That's too bad. We won't have. To, we won't be giving away anything for free since you guys don't want to leave ratings or reviews. Um, give us uh, a comment. Let us know if you've got questions. Uh, if you want to talk to our boy Fred privately, I'll give you all of his personal information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Please keep sending me offers to fight. I, I love those. Say, oh, oh you're going to kick my ass. Yeah, so we've, I mean, I think everybody who's, no, not everybody, but s- several of us who you you know and can recognize from being on this podcast, we receive, uh, I don't know that they're death threats, but they're certainly threats of harm a personal harm against us i actually set up a fight against one listener uh in a park and he didn't show up <laughs> this is a true story like i have the screenshots if you don't believe me seriously i can send you the screenshots all right so thanks for listening we'll be back next week orlando salito has thrown 115 more power punches by CompuBox count than has lomachenko And Salito had a 16-6 power punch advantage in the fourth round, and he's building a lead on Harold Letterman's scorecard. So it's not going the way Vasil Lomachenko wanted it when he came out of the amateur ranks after that spectacular career and told the promoter, Bob Arum, I don't need a signing bonus. I want to fight for a title in my very first fight. Aram said it doesn't really work that way, but maybe we can get you a title shot in the second pro fight. And Lomachenko said, do it. That's why he's here. Well, he's also, first he's got to try to win this fight, and fears he may be losing. Also, considering his amateur status, his name has been bandied about with names like Rigandau and other stars in the weight neighborhood. Mikey Garcia 
just wiped Salido out. I mean, dropped him a million times and beat him up and won every round. And those are the kinds of people that Lomachenko wants to be compared to.